and welcome to Isolation Station. I am Rachel. I am your host. I am the founder of Welford Wellbeing and also the host of Things I Wish I'd Known podcast, which you can listen to now. Season one is out. Season two is on the way. And this is kind of a little offshoot that's on the in-between of me chatting to you guys about some of the subjects and topics that are really poignant at the moment with being on lockdown. I am currently um, in my flat by myself, as I imagine lots of people are. And so I thought I'd set up this podcast just to do short little musings um, around different subjects. So hopefully you enjoy listening. Today, I wanted to talk to you about loneliness. Loneliness is a really funny one. I've definitely experienced a lot of loneliness in my past. And I was quite worried with the lockdown when the people that I live with said they weren't going to be here. I suddenly thought, uh-oh, I'm going to be all by myself and am I going to get lonely? Is my depression going to come back? Am I going to get really unmotivated? Am I going to just drift into this kind of, you know, low state? And actually, I haven't <laughs> so far anyway. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've had my ups and downs. I've had days where I've felt really apathetic and like I just want to watch Netflix and lay in bed. And generally when I feel like that, I just honour it. I, I don't. I try not to feel guilty about it. I just go, okay, today I'm going to binge watch a whole series of New Girl <laughs> or, or Tiger King or whatever. Um, I try not to give myself too much shit about that, but I also check in with myself and I don't let myself wallow anymore. So, you know, if that goes on for more than about 48 hours, I'm like, okay, honey, let's go. And I force myself to get up, have a shower, go for a run, you know, and put all the things in place that um, I know work for me, tools and techniques that work for me. So what is loneliness? The Wikipedia definition of loneliness is um, that it's an unpleasant emotional response to a perceived isolation. As a subject, emotion... Loneliness can be felt even when surrounded by other people. One who feels lonely is lonely. The cause of loneliness are varied. They include social, mental, emotional and environmental factors. Now, I definitely felt more lonely when I lived with, at one point I lived with 18 people in this big uh, warehouse. And I definitely felt more lonely at that point in my life than I did, than I do now, which I find fascinating because I always thought loneliness was a thing of, you know, I'd been single for a long time, so maybe I'm lonely because I'm I'm single, maybe I'm lonely, you know, for all these different reasons. But I was never really alone in those times when I felt lonely. I've always had friends and family around me and, you know, even when I lived I lived with 18 people for hell's sake, you know. Um, but now, when theoretically, you know, if all the statements are that loneliness is a state of solitude or, or being alone, I'm completely alone, but I don't feel lonely at all. So I found that quite fascinating. Um, and I think... When people used to say, well, you know, is loneliness a choice? Is loneliness, you know, 
I used to think that was all crap. But I think that loneliness is a negative feeling. Oh, excuse me if you can hear that rattling. I'm just moving my legs in this tiny little booth that I've made. Um, you know, is loneliness a choice? Is loneliness specifically social or is it mental and emotional? You know, and I, I've got a feeling, at least in my case, that it was more mental and emotional than it was environmental or social. And it was, you know, this deep feeling within myself that I was alone and that maybe I deserved to be alone as well. Um, and that nobody liked me and that I wasn't wanted and all these kind of things. These sort of negative stories that I used to have about myself that I've since spent <laughs> epic amounts of time reprogramming. Um, and Brené Brown, the gorgeous, brilliant Brené Brown, um, talks a little bit about this in Braving the Wilderness, her, one of her books. And... Um, I wanted to share with you a little bit out of, out of this book. Got to find the right starting bit now. I should have underlined this, shouldn't I? Sorry, guys. Bear with me. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Here we go. When we feel isolated, disconnected and lonely, we try to protect ourselves. In that mode, we want to connect but our brain is attempting to override connection with self-protection. That means less empathy, more defensiveness, more numbing, and less sleeping. In Rising Strong, I wrote about how the brain's self-protection mode often ramps up the stories we tell ourselves about what's happening, creating stories that are often not true or exaggerate our worst fears and insecurities. Unchecked loneliness fuels continued loneliness by keeping us afraid to reach out. To combat loneliness, we must first learn how to identify it and to have the courage to see that experience as a warning sign. Our response to that warning sign should be to find connection. That doesn't necessarily mean joining a bunch of groups or checking in with dozens of friends. Numerous studies confirm that it's not the quantity of friends but the quality of a few relationships that actually matters. If you're anything like me, and you find yourself questioning the idea that starvation and loneliness are equally life-threatening, let me share the study that really brought all this together for me. In a meta-analysis of studies on loneliness, researchers Julian Holt Lundstad, Timothy B. Smith and J. Bradley Layton found the following. Living with air pollution increases your odds of dying early by 5%. Living with obesity, 20%. Excessive drinking, 30%. And living with loneliness? It increases our odds of dying by nearly 45%. Wow. So it's pretty, pretty scary stats there, right? And she goes on to talk about how we sort ourselves into groups and that can you know make us feel lonelier because um we kind of as we get older we start sorting ourselves into smaller and smaller groups um and how you know we we need to kind of identify what drives and magnifies our compulsion to kind of sort ourselves into these tiny little factions and how you know when you're a kid 
you kind of like play with all the kids in the playground, right? And you're just friends with everybody. And then you go to school and secondary school and you tend to have like pretty big um, groups of friends. But as you get older, you tend to, your friendship groups tend to dwindle and get smaller. And, and, and that's not necessarily a bad thing as well. As she said, it's not the quantity of friendships, it's the, the quality of the friendships. But I think in my experience, you know, it's the self-work that seems to have prevented me from feeling lonely. Like, I, of all the times in my life that I should feel lonely, now is it, you know. I'm in my flat in the city of London by myself, you know. It's, yeah. But I'm, I don't feel lonely at all. I feel quite, still quite well connected, I guess, thanks to technology through seeing my clients on zoom and speaking to my friends and family on video call and things like that i'm making sure that i really stay on top of that stuff but equally i don't have this emptiness that i used to have i used to have this kind of empty numb um i don't know this this like fear of being found out so it would would prevent me from connecting with people properly because i would fear that there would only be maybe one or two people in the world that I could really be myself around and everyone else I kind of had these different masks that I would put on and I would constantly be terrified that if they really found out what I was really like nobody would like me and nobody would want to be around me and I think that's what kept me lonely and I think you know those thought patterns and those beliefs that I had were just completely untrue and I think lots of people have these thoughts and these beliefs about themselves and they're not true and you can reprogram them. So I guess if you're listening to this and you're feeling quite lonely, I hope that hearing my voice through the airwaves makes you feel a little bit less lonely. Um, but I also think that, like a lot of things, you know, happiness, loneliness, all these kind of things, it's an inside job. And when we can get on top of the social, the mental, the emotional, the environmental factors then loneliness won't be a thing anymore. You know, are you lonely because... Are you lonely outside of lockdown? You know, there's a lot of elements to this, right? And so I think when we can just start being kinder and more compassionate to ourselves, it makes our ability to connect to others in that same way much smoother. It allows us to really dive in and get juicy with our relationships our friendships rather than skirting around the edges and trying to pretend to be something that we're not and for me I think that's one of the core things um about loneliness um there's a blog that I kind of skirted over a little bit that was talking about you know how we can overcome it and who's at risk and things like that. And I think, you know, it's interesting because in there they quoted that um, in 2018 there was a study that was done and the people that you think would be lonely would be older people, right? You think the elderly, maybe their friends or family have already passed away and they're kind of, you know, left on their own or those kind of things but what was interesting about the survey was that actually it was young people aged 15 to 25 who were one of the most common like at-risk groups which was pretty pretty crazy 
And they were saying that, you know, social media means that we're kind of connected um, and we've got this huge quantity of connections, but the quality of connections isn't there. And I'm wondering whether actually through what's happening with lockdown, it's kind of forcing us to communicate in different ways. And hopefully, um, I know this has been true for me, hopefully it's true for other people that I'm communicating with people in my family that I've maybe not spoken to for a while, you know, like cousins and people. And I tend to be speaking to people more on video call than I am texting, whereas normally my life revolves around, you know, a variety of WhatsApp interactions. Other texting platforms are available. <laughs> um, and this blog from the Black Dog Institute um, in Australia was also going on, you know, about the quality of the connection um, and that, you know, face-to-face -face interaction or video interaction is important, you know, really important um, for kind of combating loneliness, really. And, you know, loneliness isn't just a social issue, it's a health issue. It affects a lot of people. Um, and, you know, as, as Brené Brown said in her book, you know, sort of 45% higher risk of dying early if, if you're lonely. So it's a really serious thing. So their kind of list on their blog was saying that if you feel lonely, the best thing you can do is reach out, make contact with other people. That was echoed in, in Brené's um, research as well get involved with a community so you know some I remember one t actually one time when I did get a bit lonely more recently was when I gave up drinking and for a while I felt I don't feel like that anymore but for a while I did feel out of it you know like out of my normal like a fish out of water really to be honest because my whole life had been sort of built around parties and suddenly I wasn't drinking anymore so you know I, I did get a bit more involved with the sober community and it was beautiful I felt really supported but for you it might be that you know you can you know and, and even in these times there's loads of online communities that you can get involved with and, and online video calls and things like that right and it could be that there's an online choir or online um somebody was telling me I'm trying to remember who it was who's telling me that they were doing it sounded so good it's like a run club and they're all on Zoom on their mobile phones and they're running and there's like a guy going, you know, stop and do 10, um, 10 squats or whatever. And um, yeah, do another do another kilometre sprint or whatever. And, and they're all so they're all on there together doing this run club, even though they're obviously all social distancing. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, it could be like an art thing. But, you know, just see if there's communities that you can get involved with. Um, volunteering can be another really great way of meeting people. Obviously, at the moment, that's um, probably reduced. I don't know. There might be some volunteering opportunities out there that you're able to get involved with that either are social distance, you know, ones or, I don't know, NHS-based or something. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think, you know, outside of lockdown, finding something that you're really passionate about and kind of getting involved also... Um, help prevent feeling lonely because you've got these kind of meaningful connections with people like and you're also establishing a sense of purpose of you know that there's a, a point to to getting up and going out and doing something and I think when you do something for other people as well there's um a lot of joy that comes from that and a lot of um peace 
and it can be really satisfying just to do something beyond yourself and for, for other people. Um, and then, you know, there's things like Facebook groups and, um, you know, when the social distancing is over, you know, meet up is another great thing where you can go and find uh, different activities that, that you like. So, um, you know, and there's obviously the option of maybe getting a pet or having something like that around. I mean, I thought it was quite funny. My brother bought me um, some flowers for my birthday, which was just before lockdown happened. And in with the pack was a, a teddy bear. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> but actually, I've been cuddling the teddy bear and it, and it has made me feel a little bit more, you know, it's, it's nice. Um, I don't know how, I don't know if I should have admitted that on, on my podcast in front of however many people. Um, but it's true, it's helped. So hopefully that gives you some ideas on how you can start to not only, you know, and again, I always come back to this, start from the inside out, you know, start working on I'm worthy of having good connections. I'm an awesome person. I deserve to have great friends in my life. People love and care about me. You know, tell yourself that stuff over and over again until it until it beds in. And then, you know, look for potential communities or reach out to friends and family, you know. Um, and I realise that when you're lonely, that can be terrifying, but really give it a go. And if you need support or if you want some help, then you can always join my Facebook group, Clear Community. We're always there. And it's over, I can't remember how we've just added another load more people. So I think there's 320 something of us now, which is great in there. So, um, yeah, come and join us if, if you feel a bit like you need a new community, then, then we're always there. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Welford Wellbeing. And you can also listen to my other podcast, Things I Wish I'd Known. If you have enjoyed listening, why not chuck us a review? I don't chuck it, you know, do one. <laughs> why not do a review? Um, it really helps get our rankings and, you know, helps other people find us. If you want to share this with other people, then you can. Feel free to do that. Um, you can also find out more about events and retreats and healing and different things that I do on my website, www.welfordwellbeing.com. And I will see you all again, hopefully, very soon. Much love. <laughs>